and uh, it's yeah, it's a it's lovely to be here. Um, as Caroline said, the talk uh, I'm doing today should have been in March, uh, and when we had that snow. And uh, so, in actual fact, it's not just going to be about the resurrection and the life. We're going to do an interactive thing to start with, which encompasses the seven I am's that we looked at last term, including the resurrection and the life. And that's why you will find on your place, hopefully, because I've encouraged everyone to move forward. Sorry, if um, those of you who haven't moved forward won't have a Bible, so please do come and join us. Um, and if you're on your own, sit with somebody so that you, know, you can do this together because this is not meant to be uh, something to do on your own. Although there is an exam at the end, actually. I, <laughs> I thought I'd uh, just say that. And especially sorry to Katrina for all this teacher bit when she was having a lovely day away from the school. <laughs> anyway, it's just lovely that we can share God's word together, which is kind of what we're going to do. So I hope you'll bear with me. Now, on the end of each row, I've put some post-it notes. They're very tiny, so you may hardly even see them. You don't have to use them. It's just that because we're going to be linking up the seven I am's, you might want to use the post-it notes so that you don't have to keep going back. All of them are in John's gospel, so at least that's straightforward. If you haven't got one, I've got a whole load more here at the front. Do you need... I'll give you one. It could be that it fell off the chair or something. When they're so tiny, and and share them because they, you know, they peel off. They're only um, little tiny things. I didn't think they damaged the Bibles. I'm sure they'll be okay. Um, now, also, you have a sheet. Um, so again, if you haven't got one, do please um, come get a sheet. And the sheet simply gives you. In fact, I'll take a spare one, Sarah. Could I just have the spare one on the end there, please? You've got another one on there. Thank you. It simply gives you the seven references, uh, and the references three and four, John ten. Uh, we're moving around in that chapter, so you'll see it's fairly straightforward. Um, and I, I really hope you'll you'll bear with me. We have got. Anna doing a wonderful job with the screen, but you know sometimes she says there can be a bit of a delay, so don't worry because we're going to be looking, really, we're focusing on using the written word of God in the, in the form of a Bible. And funny enough, last night, I was at, oh, excuse me, I was at the, sorry about that, I was at the Bible course, uh, which was excellent, it was really, really good, and one of the things that they flagged up was uh, how obviously in the modern age we have the Bible downloaded on you know, the Bible app and all that kind of thing, which is fantastic, and sometimes that is the best way for, for, for people to engage with the Word of God, but a number of us said we actually did like you know, the copy of the Bible and having it in your hand, and I'm so glad that some of you are, are agreeing with me, that's really fantastic, because it's my, just my favourite book in all the world. And John's Gospel I love, and I love the seven I am's, so that's why I wanted to do this linking exercise. So, it is a bit teacher-like, but I know you'll bear with me, you're used to me now. Uh, so, we're going to fairly quickly go through the seven, the, the seven references, and... What I'm going to ask is, if you'll bear with me, the first person who finds it, or when you find it and you think you can't see anyone else around you, stand up and be prepared to read it out. Okay, so if you find it, you think you're first, please stand up and read it. Julian, oh, she's already there before I've even started to ask you. Well, that's brilliant. So let's all find it then. It's John chapter 6. If you're not familiar with uh, the Bible, it's in the New Testament section of the Bibles, and they're all the, the, the same Bibles, they're exactly the same. Uh, and that chapter 6, so it goes Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Uh, so it's early on in the New Testament. So please do find it and share with us. And so we'll just wait a moment, Gillian, and then you're ready to 
burst forth in reading. <laughs> yes, I think so. For the day, just for the day. Thank you. Okay. Okay, thank you. I'll have a look at that verse for yourselves, and I will read it slowly again, but thank you, Gillian, because we're looking for a word that links all seven I ams. The all, all seven I am statements have a linking word. So, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Okay, we'll leave it there. Let's go to the next one in chapter t- eight. John chapter eight. And Janice is already on her feet. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, and it's verse 12. So you've only got to move on a tiny bit. You haven't got far to go. Right, chapter 8 and verse 12. Thank you, Janice. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, that was fantastic. And you almost didn't need a microphone. That was lovely, loud and clear. Thank you. That was great. Yes, so I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. I'll have the light of life. So put your post-it notes in if you want to. You don't have to. Uh, And then we're going across to chapter 10. So another two chapters on. Uh, There are two references for John 10, but I only want the first one. John 10, verse 7. And then if you would be willing to read verses 9 and 10 as well. We don't need verse 8. Thank you very much, Anna. You're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much for your support. Right. Oh, very good. Dawn, thank you. You're the, you're the one. You're the chosen one. John chapter 10, verse 7, and then 9 and 10, please. Brilliant. Thank you. That's fantastic. Okay. Uh, the next one is verse... Sorry. Yes, it is. It's in the same chapter. Yes, I'm confusing myself. The next I am is in the same chapter, and it is verse 11. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you. So it's verse 11. It's because this 11's close to one another. I was looking at that. Right, so John chapter 10, verse 11. And then if you could read verses 14 and 15, please. Okay? Thank you very much. I wonder whether by now some of you have got an idea of what the link word is. So we're looking for a word in case uh, I haven't made it very clear. Sarah knows. Don't say. We don't. (laughs) Not I, no. (laughs) Good try, but no. So there's a word that links all of them. And um, yeah, some of you. But I would like you to keep it under your hats for now so that we can all, you know, by the end, I hope that we'll all have have worked out what it is. Um, And uh, I should have said, before we go on to the next one, that... um, that really, this is, this is about 
finding links in the Bible and how we can delight in that because there's such delight in God's word. There really is in what it shows us about Jesus and what he has for us. And these statements, the I am statements, Jesus made them at a time when people were illiterate, they wouldn't be able to read and write. He was speaking to them often on the hillsides. And so he appealed to things that they would have seen around them, like metaphors, images. So the sheep, uh, I'll go through it a bit later, uh, later on. But the sheep, they would have seen them around them on the hillsides. The bread is something they would have eaten every day. That would have been their daily bread, as it were. So it would have linked in with their imagination, imaginations. You know, it's hard for us to imagine not being able to read, because it's, it, but it's actually such a privilege that we have that they didn't. But Jesus would have nevertheless appealed to their eyes and their ears and their imaginations through what he said. Right, let's go straight to the next one, and it is John chapter 11, 25 and 26, please. Thank you, Amy. Okay. Thank you. He's talking to Martha there. Uh, and that was the, um, the I am I was going to speak about. But let's go straight on to chapter 14. We're nearly at the end. Chapter 14 and verse 6. Chapter 14 and verse 6. Brilliant. Thanks, Rose. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Praise God. That's a fantastic one, isn't it? And it's the one that Jonathan's been flagging up recently. That's uh, sort of our motto, if you like. Right, last of all, and this one I know, Gillian spoke on last term, uh, and it is in John 15. And verse 5. There are more verses we could read, but I've just singled that one out. Okay, so John 15 and verse 5. Anybody else want to read it? Go ahead, Janice, please. Thank you. That's brilliant. Well, that is the only one of these verses that doesn't have the key word in it. I didn't tell you that at the beginning. Um, That's the only one. I can see that Katrina's smiling, so I think that it doesn't actually have the key word in it. I'm just going to find where I am in my notes, if you'll excuse me for a moment. Um, But we're going to go through it together now. Um, and see why I think it, I've picked this word. Does anybody know what they think it is? Don't call it all out at once. Because I mean, I suppose it could be more than one word. But is anybody brave enough to say? Well, I thought it was an, but nope. No. No. It's life. Brilliant, Mary. Gold star. <laughs> No, that's wonderful. The word is life, and that's why the last one doesn't actually have the word life in it, but we can infer. So now, it'll be good to do some reinforcement. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, it will be, yeah, use your post-it notes if you did bother to put them in. If you didn't, it doesn't matter, because they're all in John, and they're all in similar places. Um, and we're going to find this, the first one. This is only going to be fairly brief, um, and then you can relax, because I'm going to tell you a story, so the teacher bit will be over and done with. So, Okay. The word I'm excited about is life. Uh, Jesus is life, and through all these I am's, he's talking about himself being the life. So, I am the bread of life, John 6, 
And I'm just, I've got the same Bible as you here. Um, and I'm just turning back to it, and it's verse 35. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It's quite a promise, isn't it? So what's he actually saying? Well, he's saying that he satisfies our needs. Bread gives us physical uh, satisfaction. It satisfies us physically, and he is giving us spiritual uh, satisfaction or food. And the spiritual food he speaks of is his own life that he says he will give for the world. He hasn't yet died when he, said, when he says this to the people, but he will die for the world, the world so that we can have his eternal life. Okay, on to the next one. Thank you for bearing with me. I really hope that uh, you are all okay with this. So the next one is chapter 8, verse 12, and it's about the light of the world. So the word is clearly here, as it was in the last one, bread of life. So um, chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And basically, uh, Jesus promises life, to those who follow him. We'll never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light of life. In John 1, 4, Jesus say, um, John says, in him, that was Jesus, was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. So light and life are often linked with Jesus. The third I am is the gate for the sheep. And this is one that's, that quite often we miss. You know, I, I myself don't think about it. It doesn't seem so, such a well-known one, if you like. But it's there in chapter 10, along with the Good Shepherd, which is one that I think Kate Wallace did because she loves the sheep, doesn't she? But the, the gate comes before in verse 7 and then 9 and 10. That's great. So verse 7, Jesus said again, that Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And then I'm moving on to verse 9. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's why we read on, because he wants us to have, Jesus wants us to have abundant life. But first of all, the idea of the gate is entering, isn't it? We have to go through a gate. Um, and he says he's the gate, he's the way in. Uh, and he gives us life because look at that verse 10 again. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That's the enemy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, or some translations say abundantly. This is not just getting through life, is it? This isn't getting through the skin of our teeth. Um, it, it is full life and satisfying life. And sometimes, I have to admit, that's exactly what I do, get through by the skin of my teeth. There are times when, it's, when life is like that. I'm going to say, all the time we feel it, don't we? But actually, the life that Jesus wants to give us and that he promises to give us is abundant life. Okay, the fourth one was uh, just uh, the same book. Um, I, uh, in the same chapter, sorry. Chapter 10, verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. So in this one, I think I've gone to... Yeah, this time Jesus is giving his own life for the sheep in order to save Hours. He lays down his life for the sheep. Then I am the resurrection and the life in chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. 
turn to that. Jesus said to her, that's Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So this is the one where we really see Jesus talking about himself as the giver of life. He is the author of life. He alone can give life. So of course he's qualified to call himself the resurrection of life. He alone could raise Lazarus from the dead in that story that we'll briefly look at later. Because he's not just the son of God, he's God himself. He is God and God alone has the power and the authority over life and death. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 26 says, The last enemy to be destroyed is death. And God destroyed death when he raised Jesus from the dead. Hallelujah. Last but not, no, no, not last, it's number six. I am the way and the truth and the life is John 14 and verse six. So Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. So he's not saying I'm one way. He says he's the way to God, isn't he? Saying I am the way to God because I am the truth, the truth is in me, and the life. He has life within himself, Jesus does, doesn't he? And he freely gives that to those who believe in him. In other words, us. Isn't that fantastic? Great. So the last one is the seventh I am. I am the vine, John 15 and verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, I could excuse you for thinking, that's got nothing to do with life. But if we read on to verse 6, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. It's a bit of a grim picture, but nevertheless, isn't it showing that without Jesus, when we're attached to the vine, he's the vine, he wants us as Christians to feed from him, to belong to him. And if we go away from that, there isn't any life. So it's, it's as clear as that. So even though the word isn't there, the word life, I mean, isn't there, we can infer it, we can see that it, it is definitely there. Well, I hope that this has been helpful. And I believe that Caroline has a card. It's, oh, yes, it's down here, um, underneath the Mum's Night Out one. Oh, no, you've got them there, I beg pardon. Right, so they are something that Naomi, I believe, has put together in the office, which is very, very good of her. And it's looking at, um, it goes through the I am's that we looked at last term, doesn't it? Including the resurrection and the life. It just is a brief, something for you to keep in your Bible or whatever. Thank you. So... I hope it's been helpful, as I say, and I want to encourage you to look at and study the I Ams of John's Gospel for yourselves because there's so, there's so much in them about God's love for us in Jesus, all that he wants for us to enjoy through having his life within us. But I, I'm not sure I did say it earlier, actually. I was going to say that uh, I am the resurrection and the life, the one I should have spoken about in, in March, is my favourite. You may have a different favourite, but it's my favourite, and you may wonder why. Uh, and so I'm going to tell you a story. As I say, you can relax a bit now, you're no, no more studying, and I'm going to tell you a story. Uh, and it's a very personal one, but sometimes stories can be helpful if we share, and, and so there we go. Hope you will bear with me. My husband Trevor's dad, called Frank, was dying of cancer. We knew he was deteriorating fast, but we had no idea how advanced his cancer had become. I went with my parents-in-law 
it was seven years ago, to the appointment at the, the cancer hospital to see what the situation was. Trevor didn't come with us because we weren't expecting anything so bad and he was deputy head of the school he was teaching in and I had already taken early retirement. The news was horrific. My father-in-law had only days rather than weeks or months to live. He was admitted to the hospital immediately. His cancer was everywhere. Both my parents-in-law were in a state of deep shock. I didn't go home, I stayed. Trevor came after school and his brother and sister-in-law from Kent arrived later. That first night after the shocking news, I stayed um, on my own with my parents-in-law. Sorry, my, the brother and sister-in-law didn't come till the next day. I stayed on my own because we, we still hadn't, it hadn't sunk in that we really hadn't got long. So, so Trevor did go home and I was with them on my own. Uh, and I have to say that I was very frightened. It was a frightening situation for me because I haven't found Trevor's parents easy at all. And this was new. I, I you know, not encountered this kind of thing before. Um, and uh, I knew I had to rely totally on the Lord. So at one point in the evening, Trevor's mum went off to find a nurse to ask her a question. And I was alone with my father-in-law. And as I said, I didn't find him easy. He could be short-tempered and a bit, a bit moody. But I sat by his, his bed. I didn't feel afraid. I knew the Lord was with me. And I took his hands and held his hands. And he suddenly said, I never thought it would end like this. Well, what came out of my mouth just had to be from the Holy Spirit. There is no way. I'm a scared person. I've been scared of people all my life. Not children, <laughs> hence the teaching, but, not, but I've always been scared of adults. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. Okay, so yes, I knew my Bible well, but it was the confident way that I spoke it out that amazed me. So I said, but Dad, it's not the end. Jesus is here. And I quoted that verse. I am the resurrection and the life. John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. So as I was saying this, a change spread over my father's face, father-in-law's face. He did look very sick, very, very sick. But now there was a kind of radiance. It was difficult to describe. It was incredible, a really awesome moment. He smiled at me and he really squeezed my hands. I knew that Jesus was there speaking directly into his heart at that moment. At this point, I should say that although Trevor's parents were churchgoers, they never spoke ever about faith. I don't think Frank had fully met with Jesus. But I, as I spoke that out, that I am statement, I knew that Jesus was there then. Um, and I'm sure, pretty sure that my father-in-law only lived for another day. It was about that. That was all it was. It was just incredible. Um, but it was long enough for my son... Um, and my older daughter to come and say goodbye. Our younger daughter was about to give birth to her second child. Uh, but he'd lived long enough in that time for Jesus to meet with him fully at the end of his life. But how amazing that God gave me words. That was incredibly humbling that to help him. I am the resurrection and the life, and so on. I, I could, God could have managed more than well without me. He didn't need my help. He could have revealed himself to my father-in-law just quietly in his spirit. But he chose in his grace to let me do a tiny part of his work for him. And I'll, I'll always be grateful for that. So that's why I love um, the, the I am saying the most. God, let me speak to the one I love. Jesus. Uh, uh, God, let me speak of the one I love, Jesus, to my father-in-law so that he could affirm his belief 
in the one he was going to spend eternity with there and then. So, I haven't left a lot of time because I've recorded myself and all of this, and I know we're not, you know, we are, ideally we don't speak for too long, but there's just a little time to speak specifically about I am the resurrection and the life in John 11. So, if you would just turn to that, we're not going to read it, we haven't got time. Uh, John 11, and so I, I, I will do this fairly swiftly. I have a question. It's just one key question that's always bothered me whenever I've read this passage, which is quite frequent, this story. So, a brief bit of context while you're finding John 11, and the first verse I'm going to look at is verse 14. Uh, I actually think to myself, why didn't Jesus make it, make it easier on his dear friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus? Why didn't he just prevent the death from happening in the first place? Why did he allow Lazarus to die? Well, each miracle that Jesus did was to show God's glory. And John, uh, Jesus says to his disciples in that verse 14 of chapter 11, So then, he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there, so that you may believe. But let us go to him. God's timing was more important to Jesus than our human view of timing. After all, why didn't Jesus simply declare who he was, the Son of God, right at the beginning of his ministry? because his miracles were done solely to bring glory to God and to reveal who he, Jesus, was. But even more than that, love was the reason for what we might see as a delay. God knows in our sinful human state that we can't grasp spiritual truths all at once. So Jesus showed what God was like by the compassion he poured out when he was healing the sick, by the way he taught people about God and what God was like that God was loving and merciful. And in the I am statements where he drew out belief in him rather than a Superman like, look at me, I'm the son of God. He could have done that, but he didn't have that approach. So Jesus' delay in going to Bethany rather uh, meant that exactly this, that in allowing Lazarus to die instead of preventing it, Jesus revealed God's glory by raising Lazarus from the dead. And therefore, he showed that he was God's son. For God alone can raise the dead. Therefore, Jesus is himself God. He is the resurrection and the life. Now, I realize now that I missed out something, which was the context that Mary and Martha, the sisters who um, Martha got cross with Mary, because Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. Um, and so it's that con they, they were dear friends of Jesus, and I'm sorry I missed that out. But Lazarus we don't hear much of, whether he was younger or whether he was a bit sickly, we don't know. Um, but anyway, yes, Jesus was revealing God's glory, but also showing that he was not just God's son, but God, because God alone can raise the dead. He is the resurrection, and he's the life. He gave life back to Lazarus. He gives life to us. So at the end of John's gospel, practically the end in chapter 20, Jesus uh, John, the, the author, writes this. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, or the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So, God's resurrection power, I'm finishing now, is available to us through the life of Jesus which is in us. And as we've seen through the seven I am's, uh, and, uh, and looked at together. In our groups, we're going to think about how we can live out Jesus' resurrection life in our families, our work, our church involvements, non-Christian friends. 
So whether we feel God's resurrection life is at work in us, or we feel really jaded, weary, burnt out or whatever, this fact remains. Jesus' resurrection life is in us, and we can draw on his resources every day. So be encouraged, please, uh, and as you go and share and pray together in your groups. Thank you for listening.